to start things off 311 and come original because that's what it's about this time we're talking about seeing the original and not the remake welcome this is the fright club podcast i'm hope madden and i'm george wolf and we're from madwolf.com and we are doing it live from the gateway film center in the heart of the ohio state campus on high street as we do once a month yeah love being back here doing fright club live once a month and uh, first of all how am I fetching new headphones? You like this? <laughs> I love these. A little pep in my step. Because usually when I do something on the mic, I have the headphones and I feel just feel naked without the headphones. Not quite as naked as Orlando Bloom. Did you see those? I know Bridget saw that picture. I was just glad that he had a hat on. No. <laughs> because, you know, you got to protect your skin. So he, he took care when he left the house to put a you hat on. You were so mad that Katy Perry had clothes on and he didn't. <laughs> You're that's like, what a sense whole, does that make? That's a whole nother issue. <laughs> anyway, the point is, headphones, and we're ready to rock. And we got us, boy, we got some nice feedback last week from the dance party. That's right. So thanks for everybody who voted, because we put it up to a vote. We had three options. And, uh, yeah, overwhelmingly, uh, people wanted to see the dance party, and so that was good. But we had a couple people point out, well, the one I can't believe that we missed. I can't believe that you let me miss. We forgot Salma Hayek. Doing the stripper dance, right? And that from, from Dust Till Dawn, and that's, that's a great crazy. dance. The only, I guess, the only thing we had just talked about it. Um, See, just yeah, that's a always like a ago. sticking point for him. And I'm like, these they have to stand on their own. I'm giving us a way out of this. Mm. The integrity of the podcast, George. Right, uh, but that's true. That was a good one that we missed, and also one that we didn't think about was uh, Tony Basil in what was that, Rockula? Rockula. So yeah, Nika Petruccio. She pointed that out, and I somehow had completely missed that movie entirely. I had completely I, missed I that certainly movie. had, but I watched so. the dance. It was, uh, it was pretty campy. I don't know how the movie is. It looked like it had that campy kind of feel. Thank you for pointing that out. And Knack uh, Mac not only mentioned the Salma Hayek dance, but he also mentioned the Drag Me to Hell dance, I guess, at the end that we yeah, forgot stinger. about. Yeah. yeah, the stinger of that. That's another one that we have to go back and watch again because I know a lot of people have a lot of love for Drag Me to Hell, and we, we really don't. No, um, so that's one. Not as much. Maybe we should just, just like uh, your next that we should watch again. It's yeah. another one. Two of those we don't have a lot of love for. But anyway. I'm always pretty confident in my immediate opinion. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed that. <laughs> no, I've never noticed that. But uh, this week it's all about loving the original, not so much the remake. And the countdown, we do have a countdown as always, five to one. But there's a bit of a difference in how you came to what was five and, and up to one, right? Well, so the, I mean, like every horror movie's been remade. There are billions and billions and billions of them. Some of them just full on suck, like Black Christmas. Ugh. And 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 then some of them are just kind of pointless, you know, like Psycho. Like it's not a bad movie, the Psycho remake. It's really not. You just think, why would anybody remake Psycho? That's just idiocy. Um, and so we decided that what we wanted to do is pick the ones specifically see the original. Like maybe you haven't see the original seriously, and you just disregard the the. Remake And in every case, the remake is bad. In one case, I can't even tell you how much I hate the remake. It just fills me with rage. I'm sure it'll come up when I get to that one. Um, (laughs) But, I mean, on the whole, so, like, you know, I'm not going to do, like, for example, Halloween. You may have many, any men heard me mention my distaste for Rob Zombie's version of Halloween, but you've all seen the original Halloween. So same with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and Mm -hmm. things like that. So anyway, that was how we zeroed down. What we really want to do is 
draw your attention to the brilliant, magnificent original like Martyrs. Right. And there's also, anytime there's a remake, whether it's a horror remake or any type of remake, you always start to look at what's the motivation for remaking this in the first place. Sometimes it's just a cash grab. Let's, let's you know, introduce this to American audience because there's always that cliche about, oh, American audiences hate subtitles and all that. So they want to bring it to the American audience. And other times, maybe the director just has a different vision for it. Case in point, just uh, last year, uh, there was a remake of the brilliant foreign film, uh, The Secret in Their Eyes, uh, called Secret in Their Eyes, with Julia Roberts and Chiwetel Ejiofor. And it was, it's, it's a different vision entirely, and such a, a worse vision, in, in my mind, uh, just totally missing what made the original so great. But, you know, they got the big stars, they got the cash, they made it. Well, sometimes they're great. The Ring, I like The, the Ring, Ring better is than one, Ringu. The Ring is actually better, I, like, I think. I like Ringu, but I yeah. like The Ring better. And then uh, Let Me In is a very, very worthy remake not quite as as good but really good though uh worthy remake of let the right one in so there are occasions where there are good and very rare occasions where there are just as good or better and then you've got some something like uh funny games where the 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 uh, remake is shot for shot same director shot for shot you can't really question it because right the same writer director made it and you're like all right that's right but these are five that uh no the original is definitely the way to go one of them of course the movie we're seeing tonight martyrs and by the way if you didn't see we really did there was there was doubt as to whether we were actually making these martyrs merit badges calling us liars no they're right here if you can make it all the way through because i know those that you those of you who have seen it uh, it's hard to watch. And those of you that haven't are going to earn this baby. <laughs> and we'll give it to you on the way out. But uh, So we're really, once we get to Martyrs, we're not going to speak much about it at all. Because there's some people in here that haven't seen it. We don't want to spoil a thing. But that being said, let's start off with number five. Uh, the original you should stick with and not the remake. And that is the original from 1955. All the way back for Diabolique. Ce n'est pas une histoire de fou. C'est une histoire diabolique. Black and white French film that they remade with Sharon Stone at the height of her Sharon Stoniest. <laughs> uh, the original, uh, the uh, the guy who wrote this film also wrote Vertigo. So there you go. I mean, yeah. you really can't go wrong there. And the film, the original film, has kind of a Hitchcocky flavor about it. But it it's oh, more, it does. It definitely you does. You know, it's kind of more smoky and smooth. It, well, it's more French. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's very twisty. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm always curious when somebody remakes a movie where the last scene... Like, you know, the whole movie is a mystery, and then it, it takes you to the surprise. <gasps> oh, my God. Why would anybody remake that? Because once you know what that is, I don't really understand the point of the film. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it starts out as a mystery. So, right, it's set in a boarding house. It's set in, a, like, a boarding house school. And the mistress and the frail wife, Christina, they're friends, which is weird. Right from the back get-go, you're like, what is going on here? Because they both know about the other one. And they kill the husband. And try to cover it up. Or did they? Or is there a ghost? And what is the cop doing? And, you know, uh, it, it, and it just builds an incredible amount of suspense and spookiness. And it's funny because um, the whole movie is part ghost story, which I think is what sets it apart from other kind of noir murder mystery sort of um, films. So the same writer also wrote the film Eyes Without a Face, French film that I adore. Yeah. And, and, and in the same way, that movie is... 
that it's it's just nothing but lurid content but the way that it's delivered is sort of weirdly elegant and beautiful and very spooky and i think that you get the same tone um, in in this movie, yeah, and apparently Hitchcock did want to make this right. very much, and he he only uh, uh, legend has it missed out on buying the rights by a matter of hours, uh, but he was still a big fan of the movie, and you can sort of see that you can see some tendencies, uh, maybe some influences that he took from this movie in Psycho and some of his other works that came after. Uh, and it was based on a novel, this one based on a novel, mm-hmm. and the film version skips, there's a, a lesbian relationship, but that the film skips entirely. So you know if the French film doesn't do it, the American right. film doesn't do it. <laughs> and interestingly, in the original, the only music in the entire movie is just in the opening credits, oh. and the rest of it is uh, music-free. And then in 1996, yeah, it's, it's pretty weak. Uh, Chaz Palminteri uh, got the lead uh, over, they offered it to Jack Nicholson, who turned it down. Smart move. Wisely. Yeah, and then it's uh, Sharon Stone and Isabella Johnny. Isabella Johnny from Possession. If you haven't seen the movie uh, Possession starring Isabella Johnny, do it immediately. I mean, wait till after Martyrs, but but seriously do it. It's it's like the most just WTF movie you're ever (laughs) going to see in the best possible way. Yeah, so that is uh, Diabolique Diabolique from 1955. See that and not the original, and that's at number five. And number four on our list, boy, another one that the, the remake... Whew, bad, but the original, very good, 1973 and The Wicker Man. I am here to investigate the disappearance of a young girl. I suspect murder. Sergeant, I've already told In the name of God, woman, what kind of mother are you that can stand by and see your own child slaughtered? Where is Rowan Morrison? If Rowan Morrison existed, we would know. You are the fool, Mr. Hunt. Where is Rowan Morrison? Oh, my God! Boy, you can tell just from the trailer there, just the the creepy vibe that that movie has. Uh, Super cool and creepy, one that the remake does not have at all, but uh, the original is just full of it. It's so Because it's not a quintessential horror movie, but yet it is, because it's very horrific. Oh, it is, and it's it's just the most fun movie because um, Christopher Lee is so awesome in this movie. He's just so saucy in this movie. Um, <laughs> he says the most saucy. just awesomely blasphemous things to you know. Uh, Al- uh, um, Edward Woodward. Edward Woodward. I was yeah. going to say Alfred Woodard. It's a whole other human. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, was she in this? I totally missed that. <laughs> but no, he's been sent to investigate uh, a missing girl and. Uh, well, that's what he thinks anyway. Uh, turns out he's been summoned there pretty much, but uh, without going into too many spoilers. But um, the way the, the mystery unfolds, you find out things as he find out th- finds out things. And all these pagans and druids and the masks and the, the rituals. And it's just so effortlessly creepy until that big shock at the end. Well, and it's just one of the first films that used the, like, the creepy... Uh, animal masks, which you see in tons and tons of them now, but it was so effective when they did it at the time. And it also, you know, uh, when it came out, what they were sort of doing in a lot of ways was playing on the tension between, like, you know, hippies and straights. And, and they just exaggerated both because they're both sort of monstrous when you look at, at how incredibly straight-laced a virgin is straight-laced. The Christian community is in this film, and then, you know, the pagan community is obviously completely the other direction. And it was, the casting is just perfect. Yeah. And I think the thing that makes it so much fun is it's just this, this subversive humor through the whole thing, but at the same time, what it leads to is just ghastly. Yeah. Even more ghastly than Nicolas Cage's performance in the remake. <laughs> 
It's so bad. And the funny thing is, so bees. much. Bees. It's so, bees. So much of the uh, remake just lifts verbatim whole sections of the script from the original, but it just comes out so it's almost like an unintentional comedy. And yes, Cage has a lot to do with that, as yeah, he so cause... often does. But the tone is just entirely wrong. Well, and Neil Abute directed it, and he started off the his career pretty pretty fantastically, right? And uh, just took a harsh left turn with well, this one. The thing about his work, so much of his work is breakdown of the tensions between the sexes. Right. Just men and women, which is totally the wrong direction, I think, for, for this uh, remake. Yeah, Even though I, he has shown that he can be a talented director, this was just wrong in so many ways. Yeah. And, and I think primarily in... in Nicholas Cage. Like I don't want to. I don't want to be too. I, I, there are. I mean, you know, there are some. He's done some great work he in has, his career. Yeah. He really, really has. He's also done some real. Oh my trash god! Work. Yeah. And this was just. Oh my. It's not. You know, he's good. making the. He's got the crazy fake teeth and the bad wigs, and he's overacting with his face. Oh my god! And then the cage with the bees in it. Oh. <laughs> but the original, a classic. And, and by the way, uh, Edward Woodward, when they were filming. The original. He made it a point to specifically to never see the actual Wicker Man. Good thinking. So that, yeah, so his reaction there at the end, a lot of it is very genuine because he had never seen that before. And then they, from the script, they based a lot of that final speech he gives mm-hmm. on uh, apparently the, the final dying words of Sir Walter Raleigh. Oh. were involved in there somehow. Seems so random. It's, but it's quite, yeah, it's it's quite uh, majestic and striking and horrific yeah. by the time it gets to the end. So stick with the original Wicker Man from 1973. That's our number four, see the original, not the remake. Uh, and moves it up to number three. We'll start with the original from 1963 of The Haunting. Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does happen. Oh, this house. You have to watch it every minute. <laughs> What does it take to convince you that the dead do not always rest in peace? That some houses, like Hill House, are born bad? This one was directed by Robert Wise. Also has a lot of Hitchcockian influences because he had worked on Hitchcock films before taking this one. So naturally, you're going to bring a lot of those tendencies with a master like that that you've worked with. And you can see him pop up in this movie. Well, and he directed The Sound of Music, which, while hardly my favorite movie, apparently was quite good. Whereas (laughs) uh, John DeBont directed the remake... John DeBond, who directed Twister. Um, so it just goes to show you about how uh, how good the remake was going to be. And um, Shirley Jackson wrote the novel, who's just a genius, one of the greatest writers ever. And um, the reason I think that the original film, which is rated G, by the way. One of the That's re- amazing. It is. But they don't show you anything at all, which is one of the reasons that it works so well, because uh, the so point of the story yeah. is you don't know whether this is actually happening or whether it's all in... Um, Nell's head, you know, and uh, and that's kind of pivotal to the success of the entire film and story. So in the remake, which is cast magnificently, by the way, Lily Taylor plays Nell. Couldn't that couldn't be a better a better choice there? Um, and Catherine Zeta Jones plays Theo, which again, perfect perfect casting. But um, none of it is in Nell's head. It's all actually happening through effects in the house. It's ludicrous. It's it's horrifying. It's <laughs> such it is just such a just dumpster fire of a movie. And you know, technically it's not 
a, a technical remake uh, because they did not have the remake rights. They were not allowed to replicate even one shot from the original 1963 film. So it's a new, it's their own new adaptation. So, I mean, it is a remake, but yet it's technically not to the, to the legal rights. They just gave the new adaptation to uh, Shirley Jackson's uh, novel. Right. And, and made some changes to it. Well, the original made changes to it as well. But like you say, being, having, being a rated G and having it still be so scary, it's so atmospheric. It's all about bumps, things that go bump in the night. And actually, uh, on set while they were filming, Robert Wise had those noises play back so that mm. the cast could react to those genuinely. And that's where it gets all those, those bumpy frights from. Yeah. And um, um, you know what? The black and white doesn't hurt, you know, because it just makes the whole thing seem kind of shadowy and spooky. The acting is a little overacty, you know, by today's standards. I mean, that trailer, it's not as bad as that trailer makes it out to be. <laughs> yeah. You know, that trailer's a little much. But, you know, it's still, I think, one of the more effective um, early American horror movies. Yeah. Yeah, very much. And then they, when it got around to the, uh, the remake, which came out in 1999, Stephen King actually wrote the first draft of the script for the remake and it fell through and then he turned that into his own rose red which uh i'm not that familiar with i'm not we're not familiar with all the stephen king stuff it was well it was t- they did it for tv right it's and, bad by the way i'm just gonna say it out loud rose red is just terrible it's just terrible <laughs> i never saw that that was just a tv movie? it was a, yeah it was on tv yeah so he was involved for a little bit but yeah all in all of another very lackluster uh remake of a, it's of a horrible classic movie. it's horrible it's that's what horrible. i meant horrible it's horrible <laughs> the Haunting. Stick with the original from 1963. Another one, boy, I know we've talked about this one before, how we much we do not like the remake. But the original is great of 2003's Old Boy. The saddest thing about that is I think some of you who come here often must know, I must come up with lists on purpose to play here so I can play that trailer. I love that trailer. Um, I just got a, the second or third time that we've had a list here where I could play that trailer. Um, and well, for this any- movie has come up on, on many a list because yes. we love it so much. Right. Um, so if anybody's not familiar with it, uh, kind of a bad dude wakes up in a cell. He doesn't know why he's there. He can't get out. They keep him there for 15 years. And then they just let him out. And he goes a little crazy. He meets a young woman who's going to help him. He's got a short amount of time to unravel a mystery. He hurts a lot of people in some really outstanding tracking shots. Oh, man. There that is one some, fight scene. There is Incredible. some involuntary dentistry. Um, there's just there's a lot of blood. There's a lot of, of broken bones and carnage. Pain and suffering. Pain and suffering. And then there's some twists toward the end. And it's hard to keep your eyes open. Um, it's just an awesome film. Yeah, there's the big reveal. And um, this is one the we heard that it was going to get remade for years. Originally, Spielberg was attached to this. And yeah, that Brad made me Pitt, weep. Brad oh, Pitt my God. Was and Will Smith was going to be in it. I mean, the whole thing was just a yeah. train wreck was from one the of those, go. One of those where you immediately thought, like, like we talked about earlier, like, why? Why are you doing this? What's the motivation in remaking this? And when it got to the point that Spike Lee was the director uh, of the remake, and Josh Brolin and, and Elizabeth Olsen were the stars. Samuel Jackson's in it. I mean, talented, talented people, but it went 
way, way wrong. I think starting with the fact that the whole theme of, of moral complication was just muted. All of it was muted. Again, you get the feeling like, were you doing this because you think American audiences can't take it? Are they stupid? Or what are you doing? And I thought it was very telling that in interviews right after it came out, Spike Lee was... he. He, the one phrase he kept repeating over and over was, this is a tough business. This is a tough business. Uh, trying to get, I assume, get the word out that he had, was, was forced to make a lot of changes he didn't want to make. That's only what I, what I can assume uh, happened there. But whatever happened, it is, it's a mistake. Well, <laughs> and I think one of the things that drove me the most crazy, besides just the you know, diluting of the storyline itself, right, is that Josh Brolin, who's very good, but his character is incredibly dialed down, whereas Minsik Joy is just an explosion of rage and crazy. And then, so in the original, his counterpart is, is, is sadistic, but he's very elegant and restrained, and it's it's a creepy, nice counterpoint. So so for the remake, because Josh Brolin is so low energy, then Charlotte Copley just goes to town. I mean, he's he like does. Liberace in that movie. And um, and that just doesn't work at all, because for one thing, Charlotte Copley can't really act. Right. And then the change they make to the motivation for imprisoning him for so long, oh man, way over the top for me. Yeah. Way over the top. Every change they made was yeah. just weak. Yeah. Weak. So uh, I, I'm actually surprised this was not number one because the distance between the re- the remake and the original and this is so great. you got to stick with the original Old Boy from 2003. But I see why number one gets the nod because that's the one we're showing tonight. That's not the only reason. Oh, no. Um, um, it's also because uh, I just think that it is one of the most underseen, because it is a difficult film to watch, well, one of the most underseen horror movies of the last decade. And just brilliant. I mean, absolutely, utterly, devastatingly brilliant. And that is Martyrs, the original, from 2008. Since we're going to be seeing this here in just a few minutes, we're going to step away and go into an empty theater and talk about it just for the podcast, but we don't want to give anything away about this. Suffice it to say that the the remake, which was just done last year, um, doesn't measure up in any way. Again, it seems like, I think as, as, as Brandon said, we were talking about this earlier, pulls punches. Yes. All right, we've snuck away to talk about this privately, about the uh, differences. Even so, though, don't you think we, we probably want to be careful about what we say about either movie because so few people probably have seen Martyrs. You think? We're gonna, there's going to be some spoilers. Okay. There's well, at least, at least we're warning you. Of some spoilers when we talk about uh, Martyrs. And the biggest thing that strikes me, and, and really you could say it about all of these films, the directing oh, yeah. is Huge. so much better Huge. in the original. I mean, yeah. the, the pacing, uh, the, the treatment of certain very pivotal sequences are just handled so much better. You start with things like the... The monster that plagues Lucy. So oh. much more effective. Wow. And, you know, we talk about the the uh, remake pulling punches, which it does pretty much. It's, it, yeah. it softens almost everything. Yes. And here's what... So there are two things. One of the things... So in the writing, the, the remake... Far too few, far too many things are explained to you as opposed to just you figuring them out as you walk along. And one of the things I find fascinating is that Mark Smith... 
adapted the screenplay. He also wrote The Revenant. Uh, he's just like, and then every other movie he's done has been a bad, just an inferior horror film. And then The Revenant. I know it's not that much dialogue, but it's a great movie. Yeah, he adapted the, the remake. He adapted the screenplay for the remake. For the remake, right? yeah. Uh, the director, yeah. Pascal Lagar. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Um, he wrote and directed the original. And um, I think that for me... Um, one of the biggest things, one of the biggest differences is that in the original, it's a merciless film. It is. He doesn't give you anything. In the remake, there are a ton of little scenes that are there to satisfy the viewer, make yes. you like want to clap and feel better about yourself and about the movie you're watching. That is not the goal of and the original. They turn it into a bit of a American revenge. Oh, absolutely. Kind of oh, definitely. That's one of the changes that they make that is just just mutes it and you talk about the writing and the reveals even the big speech by mademoiselle and and let's talk about the acting the acting in the original is so much better especially mademoiselle oh she's just magnificent And when she does her speech Mm -hmm. uh, you know filling us in essentially on what the the end game here is it's so much better. In the remake, it seems almost like a Scooby-Doo. I'm exactly. going to tell you all the plans exactly. before I rip Come, off your mask. have a seat. Now yeah. I'm going to explain this to you. Yeah. yeah, no, it's, oh, yeah, you're exactly right. It, it's handled so much better. And you talk about it being merciless, The how the original handles the feeling of the passage of time as Anna is continually abused and the fades to black give you the impression of days that mm-hmm. have just gone on and on. And it, it does. It beats you down as an audience. Well, and with- actually, yeah. So if you're not familiar with the film, it's actually, it, I mean, it's three very distinct acts. And the first one is kind of a spooky, haunted type um, orphanage movie. And then in the middle, you've got this this home invasion kind of a thing. And then we're not even going to get into act three. It's, uh, <laughs> But you're like, by the time you're at the beginning of act three, you're like, Oh my God! Where is this going? And man, that's where he he just drags you down, man. Yeah. And it's I mean it's brutal. It's so worth it. And and uh, and in terms of just the writing, as you're going along in this movie, I kept thinking the first time I saw it, I'm like, how did they resolve this? There's no way to resolve this. What they do is utterly brilliant is is just magnificent the way they the way they finish this movie yeah and they make a, a a slight change to it in the remake which the slight change they make i don't think is what really kills it what, um no you're right what they do is because of the the different treatment they give the entire third act turning into this revenge sort of thing it really mutes the effect of whether the character is doing what she does because it's true or because she's playing the other character for revenge, at least for me, for right. revenge purposes. I'm trying, as you can tell, I'm trying not to give away too much right. here. But because of the, the different ways that it, that it treats the, the motivations of the character, it hampered that effectiveness well, you know, of the ending. All the way through the movie, some of the, some of the changes that they made, really, I think, to satisfy a crowd, right, it, it seriously affected the entire, uh, the motivation of the entire film, the cause and effect of the entire original film. Uh, and, and one great is the monster, the monster that plagues Lucy from the beginning. Well, they make an incredibly, I hate it so much change, right, about halfway through Act 2, and and all of the sudden, there is no motivation for the monster. Right. Whereas it is, it is, it is an earth-shattering reveal in the original. Right. 
Yeah, that's a good point, and just one of the many reasons that we wholeheartedly recommend. I, is recommend is a tough word because this is a it's punishing, a tough, it is, punishing it is. film. But it's God, it's so good. It's but, so well written and directed yeah. and acted. But if but, you're going to go with it, definitely, as is the case with all these we've talked about, uh, go with the original. And with that, we got a movie to show, so we got to get back in there. That's right. So the last movie was Korean. This movie is French. Korean and French extreme cinema is really, really, really hard to remake, um, especially in the United States, because we just, I just think they feel like our audiences are a bunch of wussies. That's what I think. Like, they can't stomach it, so you wonder why they even bother. But the original, this, this original film is merciless and fearless and brilliant. Just Brilliant. Well, we have no wussies here tonight. No. Because you're going to earn this merit badge. We'll give them to you on the way out. And anybody, we'll, we'll probably head into the uh, the torpedo room after if anybody wants to uh, have one and talk about it. But uh, next week, we're going to be back in the studio for Fright Club, and we're going to be talking about... Evil Steps. Evil Steps. This one, That one got a lot of votes. It did. It uh, did so get we'll, a lot of votes. So uh, keep the conversation going. What do you think about these remakes? Good, bad? Let us know. We're uh, on Twitter at Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F. And uh, as always, Mad Wolf Columbus on Facebook, MadWolf.com, the whole bit. And this uh, podcast, once we get done doing all the post-production, which tonight will be quite a bit, uh, it'll be up. At he Mad- says we really generously. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be up at MadWolf.com probably on Monday. Monday. So we look forward to that. All right. Uh, movie coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, until next week. I'm Hope Madden. I'm George Wolf. This is the Fright Club Podcast. It's a good one. You got to-